Okay, where are the other panel people? Because it's not just me, I promise. Okay, yeah. Okay, so we have about 20 minutes. We promise we'll finish on time. So if you're shuffling and thinking, oh, my train, we'll finish on time. Quarter two, right? Quarter seven, yeah? No. Um, what a day it's been. I don't know about you, but my head is full. Um, and I kind of want to go home and think about things and see what filters out. But as Catherine said, um, there's so many people who've said such amazing things, shared things over lunch, in meetings, um, over coffee, in seminars. We can't talk to everybody, although there are so many stories, but we've got three people here with three stories, three lives, three sets of experience. So we just thought we'd take three snapshots um, to, to stand in for hearing everybody's story. So I'm joined by um, Hayden, by Sally, and by Ron. And so I just thought I'd ask, start by asking a very simple question. If you could introduce yourself, who are you, and what are you doing here? But um, really, what's your link? How, how, what's your link with church and mental health? Um, do we want to start with you, Hayden? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I introduced myself earlier. I'm Hayden, I'm a curate in the Church of England based in Northampton. Uh, the church that I'm in, uh, Emmanuel in Western Flavor, I uh, conservatively would say at least half of the people um, have some experience of having mental health conditions themselves. Uh, I too um, have uh, dealt on, in an ongoing way with depression and had to try and relate what it is to be a Christian, a disabled person, someone with depression and a minister now. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Sally, how about you? Hiya. Um, so my background is I trained as a nurse way back in 93. I um, knew that I had a psychiatric placement and it absolutely terrified me. Um, I then went on to work for a church, as a leader in the church. Uh, and then I had a breakdown and... Um, and it's basically due because I had uncontrolled bipolar disorder. And um, it took about 10 years until it was, re uh, it was um, diagnosed correctly um, because I have rapid cycling bipolar, which is a slightly, I don't know, it's slightly more fun. Well, it slightly uh, occupies my time more. Um, yeah. it's, it's a great hobby. Absolutely. <laughs> Ron, what about you? Um, my name is Ron Bushhager. I'm, uh, I'm an Anglican priest. Uh, I've, I've done some work in pastoral care in, in a few churches, um, but, but mostly my work now is as a psychotherapist. Uh, so I work, uh, I work largely with Christians um, in, in the area of, of mental health and emotional well-being. And straight back to you, um, what would you say um, is the biggest challenge that's facing churches that are trying to reach out and become more friendly to mental health challenges? Um, I, I think it, it helps churches to be on the front foot with, with mental health challenges. I think we, um, 
I, you know, we know the statistics, one in four people will, will, uh, will, will have some kind of mental health illness or mental health diagnosis at some point in their life. And so we, we are fooling ourselves if, if, we, if we look at a church and we think that, uh, you know, 100% or 90% of, of those, um, of those co in the congregation will be, um, uh, won't be facing into some kind of mental health challenges. Um, so I, th I, think, I think it begins with, with that knowledge. And I, I was talking to a, a pastor over the summer, at, it was a trauma conference that we were both at. And he said, he said I, I've learned that, that bad theology leads to psychopathology. Um, and so, and this was in the context of having a theology that didn't allow for suffering. And if, if that's taught from the front, then actually that excludes a lot of people and it makes people feel that they really can't engage and that there's something wrong with them if they themselves are experiencing some kind of suffering. And so I, I think there's something about the, the, the knowledge from the front and, uh, and, how, and how, uh, how theology is managed. Thank you. So, so working on a theology that includes um, struggle and... Yeah. That we can grow through challenge and difficulty um, because, of course, that, that is, that is the, our best gateway towards growth. Thank you. Thank you. Corin, how about... Um, sorry, Hayden, what about Hi. you? Hi. <laughs> uh, What's the biggest there. challenge? For me, um, I've been thinking for a little while. Um, it's easy for us to, to talk about mental health in a really different way from the way that we talk about physical health. Uh, so you, you don't blame someone who breaks their arm for breaking their arm or for uh, you know, falling down the stairs, uh, unless they did it on purpose, which is a bit odd. But for some reason, we only seem to talk about mental health as a bad thing. Um, but actually, we all have some kind of mental health, I think. I don't know if anybody else agrees with me. It's not like there's a group of people that have mental health and then everybody else is just not mentally healthy or unhealthy or anything else. And so, I think there's an awareness the church faces the challenge of reaching that actually there isn't just one small group of people that are dealing with this, that we're all on, on a journey together. I hate that word journey, but it comes to mind when you've been sitting all day listening to people um, of discovering what it is to be well and healthy and to be the people that God has made us to be um, rather than singling out people and stigmatizing them and making them be a particular group that sit in a corner and don't get to speak at the front or anything else. Okay, so just an, aware, an awareness that everyone has some kind of mental health and they might be good or bad yeah, yeah, or yeah. indifferent. Any... You said that much more clearly than me. <laughs> um, Sally, how about you? What, what have you been thinking about the challenges facing churches? Well, I've been in the same parish for the last 20 years, and I've had a good experience of church there. So in some ways, I find it hard to answer this question because I, I don't know what other churches are like. Um, the one thing I would say is fear. People have that fear of mental health, and for some reason, it's scarier than having a broken arm um, because of the chaos, potentially, that is there. And so I guess it's um, kind of like the awareness of theology it's just that general awareness that um, it is scary, you know? But we can get through that together. Brilliant, and you're saying that your church is uh, really supportive of you. Yeah. 
Um, uh, can you tell us about a particularly way that they support you or the way that oh, they've yeah. been good for you? I'd, be, I'd love to say this. Um, so I'm going to say two, th well, maybe I'll say one thing. Um, we'll, we'll trust you with two, yeah. it's okay. Okay. Well, the first thing is with um, serving. Um, uh, I've been uh, up for the preaching rotor on a regular basis. But the deal is, because with rapid cycling, I cannot tell when I'm going to be ill. Um, the priest, or the vicar, Jess, will basically, she'll step in for me at any point. So even at Saturday night, if I'm saying I'm ill now, I can't do it, she'll do it for me. So it's that kind of allowing people to serve with a safety net. Um, the other thing I was going to say is, and it's slightly different to what was being said earlier, um, is that there are times when you cannot serve. There is nothing you can do other than exist. And in those times, actually, that is, you have to just be allowed to exist and have no expectations put on you. So being given the space to serve, but also the get-out clauses sometimes, yeah. the safety net. Brilliant. Um, Hayden, how about you? Is there a time when you've seen a church really step up and do this well? We've been hearing a lot of mixed stories. We say probably more positive than... Uh, then, to be honest, there's been a lot of negative stuff going yeah, on. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's easy to, be, to talk about the negative. What positive stuff have you seen? I was thinking uh, of a particular story. Uh, I was playing in a worship band in a, a church one Sunday morning, and partway through uh, the time of singing, uh, for some reason, I, I felt compelled to, to share uh, that I'd been having a really rough time that I actually uh, the previous evening had felt suicidal and fortunately this had passed but on that particular evening it was a really powerful thing and I've never I mean that was quite a heavy thing for me to do and it was potentially quite a personally dangerous thing to do uh, but what happened afterwards was amazing uh, the whole church just broke positively and people were praying for each other sharing with each other people that had been in church for 30 40 years with issues around uh, depression themselves or in their own families uh, suddenly were telling each other this stuff that they just never shared before um, and I had at least one person come up to me I remember saying I've never had permission to talk about this in church before and obviously this is this is a high-risk strategy. Um, I, was, I was pretty clear that, that there was something of God in uh, my doing it, mostly because I spent quite a long time trying not to before I started doing it. That's one of my top tips for working out the will of the Lord. Um, but it, absolutely there was something, it prophetically almost broke, um, something that had been sat in the church for a long time. Uh, and I know that what resulted was actually a, a healing for quite a lot of people and a, uh, a drawing together in community that they, they journeyed with it um, as a group rather than as individuals. Thank you. Uh, Ron, how about you? Have, you? have you seen any good practice, any good experiences that you've seen um, that we can learn from? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm loads, I think. Um, I won't say all of them, but... Uh, but I, I, I do think that, that the church can be a, a, um, 
a community of growth and can facilitate people's emotional growth and well-being. And, and I think that, that God does that, and I think that as, as church, we can do that. Um, I, what, similarly, we, we, were, we were aware that a lot of people in our church were struggling with, with depression. And, uh, and we looked at resources, loads of different resources. We, we couldn't find very much on uh, how to help individuals in church who were depressed. And it, it almost felt like there was just a void. Um, but, but we came across a resource and then we did some of our own work and got a GP and a, another counselor involved. And we, we, pr we put on a depression course for, for, our, for our church. And, um, and, and that, that was really useful. And I, I think the most useful part of it was, was on the first evening, um, all these people came, and the people that came was a perfect cross-section of our church. So it wasn't only people that one would regard as um, not being able to be fully involved. It was, it was uh, small group leaders and preachers, and I had had lots of conversations with staff who had had stories around their, their own experience of depression. And, uh, and, and, and I, so I, I guess it's, it's about the church making that positive response and that stepping into the void and saying that actually we're, we're receiving people here in this place. Okay, on that, and this is the last question really, uh, as time goes on. Um, everyone here has heard a lot of information and lots of tips and stories and ideas. As we go home, probably back to over 100 different churches, um, What's, what's one thing that you'd hope, or one idea that you'd encourage people to think that you could tomorrow, or we can start talking to our church about tomorrow that we can put into practice? What would you say? Uh, me, I, I'd, say, I'd say we could be those safe people. We could be people who don't uh, only allow for kind of easy theological answers, then actually exclude people who are struggling or who have had long-term difficulties, either emotionally or otherwise. And, uh, and so as we are those safe people, in whatever capacity we serve in our churches, um, we, 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 in, we welcome and we enable them to, to feel comfortable um, in our communities of faith. Thank you. Um, Sally, how about you? What's, what's one thing that people can go home with, take home a, a nugget? Um, well, I haven't been at the conference all afternoon, so I don't know the other things you've said. I think my thing is um, work as a team. Because if you have, often what happens is one person is very gifted pastorally and they'll be kind of the, uh, they'll look after a lot of people who've got problems and then they get burnt out and it all goes horribly wrong. Um, and what I'd say is maybe in home groups, but work as a team so that you're caring for that person together without getting burnt out. Brilliant, that's really useful. And, and how about you? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I was just thinking about love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Sometimes we find it hard to do the loving ourselves bit, don't we? And some other times we find it hard to allow ourselves to be somebody else's neighbor. So actually to be brave enough to allow somebody else to treat you as their neighbor and to love you. And also, uh, a very practical thing. Pray for the people that lead you. Uh, pray for your pastors and your ministers and your teachers and the people who make the coffee and the people who work with the children and young people and so forth because they probably need it.
Brilliant. Thanks very much. Thank you, all three of you. This has been a really great insight. I'll just hand back to um, you guys and um, round up for this, eve for this conference. Great. Thanks. Thanks.